Welcome to the Sparkling Podcast, where you will meet young minds making a large impact one idea at a time. This is Ashna Reddy, your host. As the CDC reported in 2014, more than 3.5 million Americans live with an autism spectrum disorder. And that number has continued to grow ever since, with a rough 15% increase from 2014 to 2017. With that comes an alarming fact, reported by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which states that roughly 83% of this population remains unemployed. Jilika Kumar, a recent graduate from Georgia Tech who studied computational media, which is a mix of computer science and user experience design, and the winner of the Student of Vision Award at the annual Grace Hopper Celebration, founded Accessibility to help get individuals on the autism spectrum employed. To get a better understanding of accessibility, I wanted to know what sparked Jilika's intentions to get involved with this issue and what the initial problem was that she was trying to solve. I interned at Disney two years ago, and I noticed that a lot of the time, big corporations producing different technologies were not too aware about what accessibility was and why it was important, especially for people who had different types of disability. There's obviously the more common ones like being blind and being deaf, and companies like Apple and Microsoft are very inclusive of them. They were making the effort to make all of their technologies totally accessible, but when it came to companies like Disney that were not necessarily super in tech yet, they didn't really understand how is the product that I'm building affecting someone who might be blind or who might not be able to speak. And so that's what really like lit the spark was just my manager at Disney who pushed me to ask questions about why technology is built to serve only the people with, with more abilities than those who, like, like my brother, who couldn't speak. And that's a big one too. So I grew up with a brother who was diagnosed with autism and he's always been my best friend, but also my biggest inspiration. Just watching like the way that he, at such a young age, started using the iPad and how that completely changed his life and made him a lot more independent. Like that's when I realized, okay, good design. Because if you think about it, Microsoft's Surface Pro would not have been able to be nearly as effective as Apple's iPad did. You know, like its face is so much easier to navigate on an iPad. I realized that it was really good design that allowed him to do that. That's kind of the problem I went in with when I started accessibility, which was like, how do we raise awareness for all of these different um, necessary requirements that technology should include? Because there's all of these um, regulations and now companies can get sued if they don't follow them. So how can we be more aware? Now, accessibility went through a couple iterations. So to really understand the startup, here's what it looked like initially. Started as an auditing software. And honestly, that was just when I started and I've pivoted probably around like 15 times. Just went through the whole agile entrepreneur process of evidence-based, just understanding our users' concerns, building solutions to address those. While there are many types of disabilities, Here's how Jilika decided to hone in on autism specifically. Initially, I went in with the goal of, okay, I want to help people with disabilities. So I gave a TED Talk at Georgia Tech about my experiences at Disney and about accessibility and how it changed my brother's life. So I started reaching out to a lot of professors on campus, especially ones whose research focused on technologies for the blind or people with autism. And I finally found my niche, which is that I wanted to work specifically on autism. 
After doing a lot of customer discovery and interviews with autistic people, here's what Jillica found. And we realized that the biggest, biggest, biggest problem was that they didn't have jobs. People with autism, one of their biggest issues is like social impediments. For example, they don't give eye contact well, or they wouldn't know the right way to answer a question that in a way that the employer would expect it. For example, if you ask, tell me about yourself, they would just go on forever and ever, maybe not really addressing what the job interviewer would want to know. It was interesting to find out like that was such a huge issue that on one hand, companies weren't aware of what autistic people, how the job interview process worked for autistic people and all of the different accommodations and necessary requirements they'd need from a company's perspective. From the autistic individual's perspective, it was more about how do I apply to a job? How do I get through the process? It's very anxiety provoking. So how can this be made more efficient? To make sure and validate that these issues do in fact exist, here's the process Jillica went through. One of the main things that is stressed so much in research is that you have to understand your users. And that's the same thing that's stressed in business, is that you need to understand the problems that your customers have. Every single thing that I went into building, I realized I can't do that until I know that at least 100 people validate that this is a problem that they do have. Like, and that's really what motivated me to just call up someone who I knew um, with autism and just ask them for some time, ask them questions about like, is this really a struggle that you face? When I found a recurring pattern, which is that job finding was one of the hardest things and it was one of the most debilitating in so many ways because they're like, they remain parent dependent. They're not able to move out of their homes and, and be free financially. After discovering these issues through research, Jillica and her team at Accessibility decided to iterate their product to this. Our new product, which was called Mentra, which we named, um, it's a combination of the word mentor and the word mantra. We essentially want to be the mentor to an inclusive world. And what it is, is it's a hiring platform to hire people on the autism spectrum. And we wanted to consider everything that people with autism face, as well as what employers struggle with so that we can sort of bridge the community and help autistic people find jobs. And here's how Mentra actually works. Let's say someone who is diagnosed with autism is looking for a job, and they go on www.mentra.me, and it's live right now. And what they can do is go through it, and then they can register. And when they do that, they're actually taken through a really short, fun, intuitive quiz and we've tried to make it as visually appealing as possible. And we have cute little diagrams and pictures. And we ask questions, not just around their employment, about their visa status and about what kind of jobs they'd be good at. But we also ask questions pertaining specifically to an individual with autism. For example, um, can they work well in areas with loud sounds or bright lights? Or can they be near food? Or we've done a whole six months worth of research just to create this survey um, because we really wanted to take into consideration like what is it that helps an individual with autism thrive in the workplace. So after they go through that quiz, oh, and one more thing is that we also ask questions about what roles they would like to do and not just software engineering, et cetera. We're asking them, do you like customer service? Do you like interacting with people? Do you like driving? Do you like graphic design? Are you creative? You know, so we're trying to really gauge all dimensions of the human being, um, as opposed to the traditional process where it's just go on LinkedIn, look at uh, and enter your past 
history of work. We're trying to take a totally different approach by just understanding the human on different levels, like what environments they work in, um, what their personalities like, what culture they're looking for in an environment. Once we gather that information, we create like a resume, like an online resume. And that is actually given to recruiters in a portal. So recruiters go through the same quiz and list out what it is that the role requires. And then recruiters are matched with candidates. Jilika also went ahead and described more in depth as to how Mentra is different from the traditional type of recruiting. So we're kind of switching the process around. It doesn't give anxiety to the autistic individual to apply to like 100 different jobs on different websites. Instead, it puts more of the work on the recruiter to be matched with the candidate and reach out to them. That way, it's one job application portal that they fill in, and then that's directly streamlined to several different recruiters from different industries. And then they get matched and they can select them and we can reach out to them and um, communicate with them. I also went ahead and asked how the value add of hiring individuals on the autism spectrum from a company's perspective has changed or developed over the years. There are so many companies like Microsoft and JP Morgan and Ernst & Young. They're all starting autism hiring programs to bring people on the spectrum into their workforce because they're realizing that autistic people actually have this latent potential inside of them to do really well um, at tasks that they're given. We hear a lot about savants who are really good at math um, or computer science, but there's also individuals on the spectrum who are really good at writing or they're extremely compassionate and can apply that to help solving humanitarian crises. Or there's individuals who are really have really incredible memory and so they can do a lot of analytics work or administration work. Individuals on the spectrum are not really a liability anymore. Companies are starting to see them as an asset and as a superpower almost. That's when we realize, okay, if companies do have demand for this population, and if autistic people are trying to find them, then we just have to bring the two worlds together. And then that would solve so many problems because there's proven so many benefits that when people with a disability join the workforce, everyone benefits. The company's more productive, um, the employees are more happy, um, there's a better, higher retention rates. Just all in all, it's, it's just a better world. To get a better idea as to how Jilika and her team built the startup from the ground, I wanted to know what other types of support she needed and received throughout the process. Bold leap, and I gave it a TED talk. And by doing that, it was really one of the most life, actually the most life-changing event um, in my personal life because everything sort of flipped over, like from going from just being a student who was just focused on academics, I went to a student who was like passionate about a cause and could speak about it. And because of that, um, I was able to leverage the fact that I had given a TED Talk to approach a lot of other, I would just shoot out emails and add my TED talk to it to random like designers in the industry or I'm just a big fan of networking in general so <laughs> I would just incorporate that in but I think just giving having that channel to speak to a lot of college students really allowed for many people to gravitate towards me especially those who are also passionate about the same cause and a lot of students who heard it or watched it were really interested in what I was doing and that's how I got a lot of students involved with me so um, we had like an HCI master's student and student from Carnegie Mellon join us. And it was just great seeing how like when you talk about what you're really passionate about to other people and they align and they see the vision, then it really just brings them on board. 
at one point last year, we had different teams, one for marketing. We would just have anyone who's passionate, really. That's all. The only criterion to join was just pure passion. <laughs> That's how we just started growing. Being at college really helped because there's a lot of different channels to spread the word about what you're doing. So I reached out to a lot of people on campus to send out emails and things like that. But even, I mean, even outside of campus, I just reached out to people. Those who resonated sort of um, jumped on board. Throughout the creation of Accessibility, in which the most recent iteration is Mentra, Jillica faced many challenges and went ahead and shared some of them, as well as how she overcame them. The biggest challenge I had was confidence in myself. I sort of had to shift mindsets because I had always seen myself as a student. And then I sort of, shift. I watched a lot of motivational talks. I'm really into motivational speakers online. And I found my role models. And I realized that if I wanted to start a company, I had to really shift my mindset to being of a different caliber. There was obviously a lot of fears and barriers associated with that because it's like basically shifting your personality, right? So I started the company and I had a lot of pushback from not just school because there's heaps of work happening at the same time. Like I still had to pass exams and I had to get my grades and all of that was happening. But whenever I came to working on this startup, like that was what energized and fueled me to keep going. I think that was a huge issue was how do I balance everything? And even like to this day, I've really struggled with being a student and being an entrepreneur. But I think that really doing that gave me so much more perspective. Like I realized that while I was do working on the company, I could apply everything I was learning in school to the company and I could vice versa, like everything I learned from the company, I could put it back into school and make my projects revolve around that. It was really a huge lesson that I learned. And I mean, that was just in the beginning. And then once I started working on it more and more, I think a bigger challenge was how do I find a problem and really stick to it? Because there's always going to be people who either are really supportive of product or other people who are like, you could do it this way and get more money this way, or you maybe you shouldn't work on it now. You should get a PhD first, you know? So, I mean, there's been a lot of people um, giving me different feedback. But I think when it came to that, I really just had to focus on what my like what my gut feeling was, because I'm a strong believer in following like my own intuition. As long as I was talking to people and making sure that this was constantly something that was needed in society and not just something that was based off of my own assumptions, I would build something meaningful. Another issue when it came to actually recruiting people, like getting people on the team, was that a lot of the times, like students especially are so busy. And when I was when we started getting successful, like we started talking to Microsoft and we presented to Autism Speaks and we met with Ernst & Young in New York and JP Morgan and they were interested in our product. So we started getting a lot of really good feedback. At the time, like a lot of people wanted to join, but it was instead of really caring so much for the mission, it was more about more like monetary incentive. That was also another challenge because founding a company is really based off of like the people who make it, ensuring that everyone who came in was also on the same wavelength when it came to how we wanted to grow um, was important. It's not just something that you build and you sell. It's like something that you want to make an impact with. That was another challenge when it came to the people in the startup accomplishment I would think like that came out of all of this and the most rewarding thing was being able to speak at Grace Hopper about it 
and receiving so much support from it. When I was selected to win the Student Vision Abbey Award winner, uh, Abbey Award, I was just rejected from Google. <laughs> and at the time, I had no other internships backed up, lined up, and I just thought it was a very, very bad move on my end. I initially had lost all sense of hope. I had this dream idea in my head of the dream internship, and I lost that, and I didn't know what to do. And that was the biggest challenge. But when I got Grace Hopper, I realized that, okay, maybe I'm not meant to just get a traditional role. Like I'm being rewarded so much for Grace Hopper. And that's all about the startup. So maybe I should focus on like building my own company and my own like image rather than just looking up to the biggest corporations and sort of joining those. So yeah, that was another huge challenge that I faced, which was like, should I conform and like get this internship or should I just focus on the startup and put all my energy into that? And I think that the fact that I didn't get Google was actually a blessing in disguise. Because of that, I was able to take summer credits and I was able to graduate much earlier. So I'm graduating in three and a half years. It accelerated everything and very rewarding. In terms of next steps, Jilika and her co-founder are taking an interesting path to better support their startup. So I've accepted a full-time offer with Bank of America. So is my co-founder. So the two of us, Connor and I, have taken up um, roles on their accessibility team. We were planning on working on mentor full-time. But we realized that as college students with no experience in the job recruiting process, we wouldn't be the best people to build out a solution unless we had that insider knowledge. And Bank of America is actually one of the largest recruiters of people with disabilities they have over 300 people they've hired like really just being a part of their neurodiversity teams and understanding how that the ins and outs of the process i think that would really um, give us a lot of insights into creating our own product however we've also negotiated a contract where my co-founder and i get to focus on mentra and it will totally be our own product and it won't be owned by Bank of America. So they've really, they've really fostered the idea and really want to see us succeed, which is amazing. We're going to be basically doing both side by side. And here's the larger mission Jilika and her team are chasing, an ultimate goal they are hoping to reach. To get 100,000 autistic adults into the workforce by 2025. And that's only one-fifth of the working population. So we have to get one-fifth in. And our goal is, is we don't want to just stick to autistic individuals. We want to iterate through this process with this community. And then eventually we want to open it up to people with different types of abilities, individuals with cerebral palsy, with Down syndrome. Like we want this to be inclusive to everyone. The whole principle of accessibility is that if you're designing for someone with a disability, it just makes it better for the world in general. That's how we want to be. Like we want to design for this community, but at the end of the day, we want it to be applicable to everyone trying to find a job, like even a college student. We don't want the process of finding a job to be nearly as dehumanizing because right now it's there's so many barriers to entry and it's extremely difficult to, to apply and then you don't get an email back and it's like there's a lot of hopelessness that comes out of the process. So we alleviate that with what we're doing with this. For anyone interested in starting something or fulfilling an idea or project, here's Jilika's advice. People are at the core of everything, no matter if it's reaching out to people in order to learn or understand their struggles, or if it's even to just build a support system to tell people what you're passionate about. One other thing that was really important was really setting the intention that I wanted to do something to help people. 
rather than setting the intention of just creating a startup. When I really narrowed in on who I wanted to help and how I wanted to help them, then everything sort of just came my way and all these opportunities suddenly emerged. And it was really a beautiful process just watching how everything aligned in different ways that I couldn't have expected prior to it happening. Just setting that intention that you want to help a certain population of people will really accelerate the process of how you can help them. Jilika and her team are looking for people who are passionate about their cause. So if you resonate, please go on their website at www.mentra.me and sign up on their newsletter to keep in touch. Or if you want to join their team, there is a join team page. They are also always looking for people to be a part of their journey, whether it is supporting them from far or on the ground. Thank you for supporting this podcast, and please subscribe so you don't miss a new episode every Wednesday. You can also follow this podcast for regular updates on Twitter and Instagram at sparklingpod, all lowercase.